Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. The next hour is devoted to learning something more, not just about the world of shoes and ships and sealing wax, but about how, what, and why we believe as we do. A time for those willing to question what they think they know or what they may believe. Those willing to be uncertain for an hour. I'm Eldon Taylor, and this is Provocative Enlightenment. All right, our chat room is open, and my partner, Ravinder, awaits you there now. You can log on by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. We do have a great chat room, and I believe Andrea is actually hosting the chat room today. So, Ravinder, tell us all about it, please, and give Andrea a shout out. We do have a great chat room, and yes, Andrea is helping us out, the wonders of technology And when you have a good employee, you just don't want to let them go. So we just keep calling Andrea back in because she does a fabulous job. Um, To get to the chat room, just go to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. You know, you can join in the conversation, but we also frequently post um, other information in there. Any orals that are mentioned on the air or, you know, any other details that you might miss, a book title or something like that. So if you can't tune into that live because your boss is watching or you're driving, both of those would be very dangerous. Um, You can always come back and look at the chat log afterwards. So that is provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Dangerous if your boss is watching. Can be. Can be. They can get really snarky. I don't think that. Well, let's see. What kind of bosses have you ever had that made it dangerous for you? Oh, dreadful. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In this week's spotlight, I wish to explore the idea of rational discussion in an environment where emotion tends to rule thinking. If you stop and reflect on the last time you disagreed with someone, you can ask yourself an easy and obvious question. Why? Now, I don't mean the obvious here, like, I hate Trump and he, she likes him, or the movie was great and they hated it, etc. What I really mean is why does the person you disagreed with think the way they do? What we seem to lack is our ability to accept the possibility that the person we're speaking with is not stupid. Think about that. What if everyone you disagreed with was potentially right and you were wrong? What would happen if you truly listened to the reasons behind their thinking as though you were speaking with a genius who you genuinely admired? Would your exchange with them be any different than as you experienced the last time you strongly disagreed with someone, anyone? What if you treated everyone who disagreed with you as though they might just have something? even one kernel of information that you were unaware of. Can you imagine the difference in your exchange? I think part of our problem comes down to how emotionally attacked we are, attached we are, to our ideas that this discounts anyone who might disagree, placing them in a stupid class. How could you possibly believe that sort of stuff? We are all prone to automatic actions, such as confirmation bias, false consensus bias, the Texas sharpshooter bias, Dunning-Kruger effect, ad hominem fallacy, and so forth. Matters that I have discussed in the past and written about in my books, Gotcha, the Subordination of Free Will, and Mind Programming. Bottom line, we think we are much smarter than we really are. So how do we have rational discussions when our passions are intent on taking over and dominating our thinking? Or when someone disagrees with us and we interpret that as a personal affront, a personal attack? Well, first, deal with facts, not opinions, including those of the so-called pundit authorities. Second, Ask questions. Let the other person fully expound their reasons. Often you will find that they hang themselves with the illusion of explanatory depth. 
Third, validate the worth of the person you are speaking with. Many people argue vehemently due to a need to validate themselves. When you validate them, this disarms their emotional intensity and can lead to reasonable results. Next, diffuse disgust. Connect with the person in some personal way so you are not perceived to be one of those who represents everything the other person identifies as disgusting. Fifth, change the frame. You can do this by changing the context of the discussion, placing it in a moral or logical framework. Changing the moral framework will often lead the other person to a more reasonable openness to your ideas. Finally, be willing to change your own mind. Perhaps you are the one dealing with the illusion of explanatory depth. Once you begin to have real rational exchanges, I think you will be amazed at how much you may discover about yourself and your beliefs, as well as those of whoever you may disagree with. My thoughts anyway, Ravinder, what are yours? I think this is one of the best spotlight pieces you've ever done, actually, at least for today's time. Um, I think we can all learn from this. Emotions are running so high in the United States right now. And, you know, most people have very, very strong ideas. They're not listening anymore. Communication has gone. And you've got some great tips here, you know. First of all, assume that the person you're speaking to is not stupid. You know, whether they're a genius or whether they're just average, they could still have that kernel of information. And just picture it, you know, imagine you're having a discussion with someone and they've got the total opposite viewpoint to you. But this is a person that you have grown up with, that you have respected. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's an icon of yours. You know, you hear them differently than you would to, you know, a classmate or somebody. Uh, you just treat them differently. But if you treated everyone with that kind of respect, if you actually took the time to hear them out. And as you said, you know, when you pay attention to someone, you validate them. Um, so if a person feels that they're being heard, they're a lot more likely to hear you too. You know, that listening process, it goes on both ways. If you think someone's ignoring you, then you don't tend to pay attention to what they are saying. You know, remove the emotions from everything. Think clearly and rationally. Take it out of the specific example that, you know, you are very invested in and put it in some hypothetical and try and see if you come up with the same answers. I think I think this is fabulous. I think all of America should hear this one. Well, you move from argument to conversation, that's for sure. And, you know, I think we all benefit from that. Okay, every week I read some of your letters as our way of involving you while paying respect to the very important role you play in making this show successful. Our last show featured Parag Khanna, and we spoke about his book, Technocracy in America, Rise of the Info State. Bruce wrote, I like Dr. Khanna's ideas, but I don't see how anything like he suggests could ever really happen in this country. The current political system is too entrenched with far too much money manipulating everything behind the scenes. CB commented, I certainly think there is a big disconnect between what people think democracy is and how it is being practiced in the U.S. today. Richard wrote, yes, time to upgrade. The old ways are dead. Long live some new ideas. Moving on. Mary wrote, wow, I never know what to expect on your radio show, Eldon, but it is always so interesting packed with valuable insights and information. Thanks for what you do, and keep on doing it. Well, thank you, Mary, and we plan on doing that, do we not, Ravinder? Yes, we do. Kenneth wrote, I have listened to your Intertalk programs over the years and have benefited from them very much. Thank you. Shelley wrote, I'm currently using Intertalk Unlimited Personal Power. I'm feeling a huge shift in my focus and my drive to accomplish my projects and goals. Okay, that's all the time that we're going to take for letters today, but we do love your comments, so please keep them coming. You can opine by writing to me at Eldon, that's E-L-D-O-N, at EldonTaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook at Dr. Eldon Taylor. We do sincerely appreciate your thoughts and ideas. Now to today's show, Ending Self-Destructive Patterns. 
We originally had Professor Anthony Gale scheduled for today, but he became ill. So we decided to discuss a relatively new epiphany of mine. I find it quite interesting when I reflect on some matters in my life. For most of my adult life, I have been interested in why folks do stupid things. It was this question that led me to study psychology, and this question I repeatedly asked myself during those days in the past that I spent as a lie detection examiner, investigator, and interrogator. It was over 30 years ago that I theorized that it was what people believed and the way they talked to themselves that undergirded their rationalizations used to justify rash and unreasonable behavior. What I find amusing is how I used to view all of this as single, separate issues. A person who knew they should eat healthy because of cardiac disease or diabetes nevertheless indulged in all the wrong foods. A smoker exempts themselves from the danger of smoking using the false notion known as the rule of self-exception. A felon informs us it is not their fault. All but for the grace of God, there go we. And the list goes on and on. Again, I saw these factors as individual issues. And so when I developed and patented the whole Brain Intertalk technology, it was with the idea that we could alter behavior by changing the beliefs a person holds about an issue, alter their self-talk, and thereby change both their expectation and perception of the world. And you know what? The technology worked. Dozens and dozens of studies demonstrated its effectiveness, and many of them were the tightest of scientific designs, the double blind. Now fast forward 30 plus years, and it suddenly dawns on me that what all these single issues have in common is self-sabotage. That seems so very obvious that it amuses me that I failed to see this common denominator until recently. The fact is, every time we choose a behavior that fails our highest best, we have self-destructed our own best interest. And know this, all behavior is behavior of choice, albeit often at a subconscious level. So Ravinder and I decided to dedicate this show to a discussion regarding self-destructive patterns. As such, Rav, where would you like to begin? Well, I think the obvious place, I always like to start with definitions because words can mean different things to different people, you know. So what do you mean when you talk about self-sabotage? How are you defining it? Well, you know, I'm just going to go to the classic. Psychologists define self-destructive patterns this way. Behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems and interferes with long-standing goals. The most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination, self-medication with drugs or alcohol or food, etc., comfort eating in the face of weight concerns, and self-injury such as cutting. These acts may seem helpful in the moment, but ultimately undermine us, especially when we engage in them repeatedly. Now, you know, I'll expand that a little bit more, and I'll say, anytime. We behave in a way that undermines our long-standing goal, even if it's the unconscious that has caused us to act in that way, then we have indulged in a self-destructive pattern. So do you think we're generally aware when we do self-sabotaging things? The answer to that, I think, is no. Uh, I think if we look back... Uh, we can see patterns emerge. So let's say that you were a person where weight uh, control was an issue, and uh, you think about it for a minute. You've tried several diets, and they haven't all worked. Obviously, they have not worked completely or to the, to the degree you would like them to do because you still have this weight issue. And you look back and you see, you know what? What gets me every time is, well, I know there are some things that I shouldn't eat, but sometimes at work I just don't have any time other than to grab that Big Mac. And I love chocolate. And, you know, I'll catch myself. I'll have that dessert. And I said, one dessert isn't going to matter. And 
So then I, when I see that, when I look back on it, I see that there is this pattern. Uh, but there are many ways that we, that our defense mechanisms actually propel us towards self-destructive uh, behaviors that we're not necessarily conscious of. Um, so I, I suppose maybe I'll alter that and say it's it's maybe a 50-50 deal. So you just refer to it as a mechanism. Why do you say that? We have defense strategies. First of all, we're herd animals. And as a herd animal, it's important to us that we belong. Uh, belonging is a, a, a primal need of the human species. We, to belong, we need to be recognized. Uh, it's important that we're loved. It's important that we're accepted. So very early in our life, we begin a maturation process that is designed to bond us to our family, to a larger group, to eventually the tribe we belong to. Maybe, you know, our tribe is we're Americans, or maybe our tribe is we're Catholics, or maybe our tribe is both, or it's just a local community. It's the necessity of belonging that creates mechanisms. Now, you know, these mechanisms are designed to eliminate us being discarded from the group or ridiculed, or criticized. Um, they're designed to prevent, uh, if you will, or, or, or rather than prevent, let's say there, it's a self-preservation technique, a mechanism to keep us melded into the herd. Do you have an example of that? I mean, that sounds really Sure, there are lots of, lots of examples. Um, you know, you, you, you take a, I'll give you a case in point. Um, young man, he's six, seven years of age, he's early in school, he's gathered with a bunch of friends, um, there's a funny story told and he begins to laugh. Uh, everybody's laughing. And pretty quick he sees that, hey, they're laughing at him because he laughs funny. His laugh is a joke. So he, he's embarrassed, uh, he's mocked. Um, criticized, ridiculed, humiliated, and he leaves that experience. Now, in his mind, it was his laughter that gave rise to the rejection. But he doesn't make a conscious decision uh, regarding that. Um, unconsciously, a mechanism, a click-whir mechanism takes place. Down the highways in his mid-30s, He's never invited to parties. He's considered a wet blanket. He's having difficulty in his relationship because he there's no sense of humor, uh, no you know, and he seeks counseling, and in the counseling discovers that the reason he doesn't express emotion, the reason he doesn't laugh, is because of this event when he was six or seven years of age. Now he's basically blocked that event until they start. The, you know, working back, when did you laugh last? It's a mechanism that is kicked in, and that mechanism has been designed to protect him from being ostracized from the group in the future. It's essentially been a self-preservation mechanism. Does that make sense? It does. That's actually really fascinating. I think all of us have um, examples of that in our past, you know, those situations where we were just really embarrassed or felt out of the group, felt alien in some way and didn't want anyone to see it. So we hide and we pretend and we, and oftentimes that stuff simply gets buried. Well, and, and you know, we can develop these both consciously and unconsciously, but they get unconsciously reinforced. You know, I was talking to a fellow not long ago and, uh, you know, I said to him, uh, do you ever laugh? Do you ever smile? And he said, you know, my problem is uh, I was told my teeth are, are, are yellow and, and, and it embarrassed me. I, I was talking to a young girl and she wanted to know when the last time was I brushed. 
Okay, now, you know, this had happened to him relatively recently, I mean, within a year or so. So, and he was an adult. So you can have these comments that come in um, that we then begin to see ourselves differently. And so we begin to protect from having another one of those things. And we might consciously augment it and say, oh, you know, I, I need to remember. No. But then it will become subconscious. It will become automatic. It's, you know, the old neurons that fire together, wire together. And next thing you know, it's click were. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, doing the hypnotherapy course, which is how you and I first met. But when I was doing the, the course, we actually did a, a process that involved regression. So basically, um, the hypnotherapist would count you down in time. And as it was counting you down, it was counting you back through your ages. And then it, we were checking for indicators. Was there a problem when you were nine? Was there a problem when you were eight? Was there a problem when you were seven? Was there a problem there that affected the problem that you're having right now? So you know, without going for extended um, hypnotherapy or psychotherapy, how can we discover our own mechanisms if they're hidden in the subconscious? Well, I, I think the first thing that you have to understand, and we've discussed this on this program before, is there's this great question about free will. Now, I recently read a journal article, so maybe I shouldn't take this up, that suggested we shouldn't talk about it. Simply because, you know, what does society do if they realize there is no such thing as free will? And the preponderance of uh, thinking today is leaning in that direction. Now, why would it lean that direction? Because utilizing fMRI, we watch the brain make decisions lifetime. And a technician watching your brain will know on average what you're going to decide six seconds before you do which means the answer is coming out of your unconscious and into your conscious. Well, okay, so in answer to your question, Rinder, the very first thing we need to be aware of is that everything in our unconscious is really the language, if you will, not the screen language of the conscious, but the compilers in the background. It is the computer language that operates most of us. And that's why so many behavioral scientists today say, I don't think we have free will. I've got a good friend, as you know, um, in Hilo, Hawaii, a neurosurgeon who argues that we have just a fraction of a millisecond to catch the automatic thought and change it to a conscious thought. Okay. So the first thing that's necessary, if I'm going to uncover this information, is I'm going to have to become mindful. Not mindful in the sense of meditation, albeit that's also a great way, but mindful in the sense of I am going to pay attention to all of my thoughts. Now that sounds like I'm going to, you know, I've got a new job. But I, I find it ironic that we will work on so many things in our life and the last thing we turn to work on is our own mind. I mean, we use our minds often like a garbage pail, uh, one of those trash containers that uh, they pick up once a week with a truck. You know, we put anything and everything into it. We watch television, we read the billboards, etc. all of these things. You know, every commercial you ever come across is designed to sell you one message. You're deficient. Because if you're not deficient, you don't need whatever it is that they're selling. If you're already pretty enough, you don't need this makeup. If you're already thin enough, you don't need this, you know, weight control. If you're already muscular enough, you don't need this, you know, gym set. And, and, and on and on it goes with everything, you know. And, and we have become conditioned to be consumption animals. So most of the planning, most of our exercise in life is not about our thoughts. It's about what we're going to buy next or what we're, how we're going to entertain ourselves, what movies we're going to see, what TV show are we. And we take all this information and we just put it in the unconscious. Now, in that indiscriminate way, we begin to approach a situation where the equation that comes out of our unconscious is not necessarily in concert with our desires. But if I become completely mindful 
if I begin to pay attention to every thought that I have, and, and, if, I, and if I do so non-judgmentally, as if that thought comes in, even the aberrant thoughts, I say to myself, that's interesting. Now, where did that come from? When did I first have that thought? Why would I think that? Is that something I want to think? And, 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 and as I do that, I begin to uncover information that's in my own subconscious. And then I can become proactive about changing it, whether it's in its context or it's just flushing it out with new information, something we'll talk about after the break. We're speaking about self-destructive patterns and intertalk technology. You can learn more about our discussions uh, and the specifics by visiting intertalk, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K dot com. Now, we have a video for you in our chat room featuring an introduction to the technology that can change the way you think. So if you're not in the chat room already, now is the time to get on over there, and you can do that by going to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. Okay, do please stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment with Elton Taylor. Change has never been easier. Whether you wish to lose weight, stop smoking, build better relationships, become creative, enjoy ultra-prosperity, or simply relax and promote self-healing, InnerTalk has been repeatedly demonstrated effective in the most rigorous of scientific studies. Our customers love InnerTalk. Sean wrote, I have struggled with bulimia for over 30 years and have never been able to lose weight without restoring to it until I used InnerTalk. Vicki wrote, My hubby has been using the Stop Snoring CD and already his dangerous and raucous snoring levels have stopped. Celeste wrote, I recently graduated from Taft Law School with honors. I'm writing to tell you how much your InnerTalk CD, Excel in Exams, has helped me. With over 300 titles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check it out today by going to innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Elvin Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're chatting about self-destructive patterns and intertalk technology. You can learn more about our discussion specifics by visiting intertalk, one word, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Now, we ask our guests for their favorite music, music that has some true significance to them. Music psychology, as you know by now, is a hobby of mine, and it's a field of research with practical relevance in many areas. 
Both Ravinder and I have offered favorites in the past, so today I offered a new one that has a special meaning to me and has now for over 25 years. We just played some of Roberta Flack performing the first time ever I saw your face. When I think back to meeting my pretty bride, this song comes to mind. It was her pretty face that first captured my imagination and ignited memories that I couldn't rationally explain. So this one is to you, Ravinder. Okay, where would you like to go next now? That is so romantic. You're having me all blushy over that one. Um, You know, for me, it was your voice, actually, that ignited memories. It just took me away before I saw you. But that song is absolutely beautiful. Okay, I'll pull myself together now after that romantic moment. Um, You have got an eliminating self-sabotage album that we currently have on special offer um, at Inner Talk. We sent an email out about this earlier this week. Um, I I want you to tell us more about how the whole process works, but let me tell everyone a little bit about what's in the album so they've got more of a framework as to, you know, what it is that we're talking about. Eliminating self-sabotage is... um, There are nine different programs um, in this collection. If you get it on CD, then it comes on eight discs because there's two programs on one of them. But you can also now get it as a downloadable. Each of these single programs normally sells for $27.95. So that's over $250 value. But we have it on special right now for $99. The album consists of... um, three programs that do require you to put your headphones on, close your eyes, put your feet up. They're variations on meditation programs, kind of. We have the power imaging personal piece. Uh, Power imaging is the guided imagery hypnosis that people may be more familiar with. The thing I like about power imaging is it assumes there is a cause for why you've not achieved your goal and it helps you to discover the cause and discover your own solution too. It helps you, you know, search that out. There is the Ecotech Ending Self-Destructive Patterns and the Ozo Boundless Joy. Both of those, you know, require your headphones, headphones on, close your eyes, put your feet up. They have the subliminal affirmations, um, but they have audible coaching and on Ecotech, it is very soothing, very supportive. You ever have one of those days when you just feel bedraggled by the day? It's just been tough, but you want to keep to your goals. Well, that's the perfect time for Ecotech because it will soothe you through that and help you continue on your own self-improvement journey. Um, and on Ozo, the audible coaching on that is very forceful, very authoritarian. Those That's the time that you want to turbocharge your beliefs. You really want to power through and, you know, achieve much higher goals. Um, And both Ecotech and Ozo do include tones and frequencies, which is a mechanical way to get you more relaxed and therefore more open to the affirmations and the, uh, the, uh, the program itself. And then you've got a number of InnerTalk subliminal programs. InnerTalk is easy to use because you can simply play it in the background as you go about your day and even all night while you sleep. I often have them on my phone. In fact, I turned mine off just a few seconds ago because I was aware I could still hear the ocean in the background. (laughs) But I play it really quietly. So, you know, if you're further than five feet away from me, you're not going to hear anything but I'm in a bubble of affirmations and with the amount of negativity out there in the world it comes in from every direction it can be a comment from a colleague that just just smashes your spirit you know it doesn't have to be huge or it can be something that you've seen on tv or it can be facebook and the political garbage that goes on there but it comes from every direction so the ability to have positive affirmations playing constantly in the background really helps and then there is you know all of that programming so it's changing how you're talking to yourself but you can do it effortlessly so I do it when I'm working when I'm sleeping watching television playing my own music uh, playing it in the car um, that works really well now the titles the inner talk titles again are all related to eliminating self-sabotaging behaviors. So the titles there include Ending Self-Destructive Patterns, very specifically. 
healing from invalidation you know when you when your esteem is being kicked around a little bit um, when you're surrounded by n- negativity it's easy to feel that you're just not worth anything so why the hell bother and the fact is you are worth it you are special you're your individuality matters and that's what healing from invalidation is about we have rescripting the child within within most of us there is that child that hurts you know and so you want to heal that child so that you can grow and become all that you're supposed to be we have releasing anger because behind all of this it's impossible not to be angry at some of the stuff that life throws at you sometimes Confidence, um, you know, just having that ability to go out and do all that you think you should be doing and have it all. The fact is you do deserve to have it all. If you don't believe that you deserve to have it all, you'll hold back from it. You know, opportunities will come along and you will ignore them or you won't even see them. So um, have it all is an important part of eliminating self-sabotage. So that tells you what is in the album itself. Um, but as we said, the bulk of you know what, un- what underlies every program in this has to do with the inner talk subliminal technology, which is your patented and scientifically proven technology. So you tell us, how does it work and how does it influence these m- mechanisms? And more importantly, can it really work to eliminate self-sabotage? Well, the answer to that is absolutely yes. You know, I can remember when I first started doing the work on this uh, technology. It, uh, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm a, a little mea culpa here, I guess. Uh, I'm, perhaps I had some of my own esteem issues. You know, whenever you develop something, there's a question. I mean, it, it's homemade, you know, because you made it, and. Uh, so what I, you know, the very first thing I did was contact uh, uh, institutions where they had doctoral candidates or a senior researcher who was looking for something to study and arranged for studies, various studies to be carried out. Well, the long and the short of it is now there's um, almost 50 studies that have been uh, conducted on InterTalk on areas ranging from attention deficit hyperactive disorder to things like depression, um, test anxiety, weight uh, loss, uh, and, and the smoking cessation, and on and on and on. And every single one of these studies uh, came back with robust data. But the very first study I ran, we ran at the Utah State Prison, and uh, there we had a volunteer group of inmates. And the idea was to lower aggression and hostility, increase reflectivity, and interrupt the recivity rate. The data from that study was so robust that the institution installed voluntary libraries in every facility from minimum to max security. And it was cloned out to other prisons, including female facilities like Chowchilla. So... With regard to your question, does it work? Absolutely. How does it work? When you become mindful and you begin to listen to these 50,000 thoughts that we have every single day, you discover that many of them are what I think of as ants, automatic negative thoughts. They're the kinds of thoughts that tell us we're not good enough, uh, we don't deserve it, you know, in fact, I I often have illustrated this in lectures when I ask the audience, how many of you would like to earn a million dollars this year? And almost without exception, all the hands go up, okay? Everybody wants a million dollars. And then I, I point out to them that in order to make a million dollars, because I didn't say win it, you're going to earn it, you're going to have to do something different. You may have to mortgage your home, sell your car, uh, borrow money uh, from a relative, involve a partner. You're going to get out of your comfort zone in order to do this. You're going to go to risk in order to do this. And that means that you're going to have to really believe that you can do this or you're not going to make it happen. So I want you to say to yourself, and our audience can do this now as well, 
this year I'm going to earn a million dollars. Say it to yourself and say it as meaningfully as possible. Now, what happens in moments is you see people shaking their head no while they're saying it to themselves. You see smiles, grins, and people rolling their eyes. And the reason for that is what happens is you get this stream of consciousness, this self-talk, and it begins to say things like, sure, what are you going to do, rob a bank? In other words, if you don't believe that you deserve, if you don't believe that you can do something, if you don't believe that you can in some way, shape, or form empower your life in a more meaningful way, it's going to come out in your self-talk. You're going to hear it come back to you. You're going to feel it in many instances. All right. So how it works is it begins to prime the way you talk to yourself. It's a dichotically shadowed message system. Many people think of it as subliminal, but it's not subliminal like buried, which is, you know, I mean, the reason it's patented is because it's unique. It delivers simultaneous messages that are channel differentiated, hemispherically uh, uh, friendly, based on the way we process information. You will hear what sounds like somebody speaking at a distance, but you don't, you lose the ability to discriminate what's being said. Nevertheless, the brain is processing this information. We've watched it process it live. It processes the information and begins to prime your own self-talk. Most of us have listened to a song a couple of times or maybe even once on the radio. It happens to be one of our favorites, you know. The next time, you know, we begin to repeat those words in our mind. We repeat the words because they have primed us. Well, this technology delivers it information in a round robin way like row 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 your boat with several people so it has this extra quality to it it's processed uh, more meaningfully as a result the next thing i know is i begin to think to say to myself the content of what's on the program in other words all of those positive statements now what we do is we don't look at Let's let's take smoking. We don't have anything that says, you know, smoking will kill you. It can cause this and that, and you'll die if you don't stop and all. No, what we do is we take the profile of an individual who would never smoke, the thoughts that go through his mind. Let me give you a case in point. There was a young man who had a school phobia. And I sat down with him and said, what kind of thoughts would you like going on in your mind? And he gave me a whole list of what he wanted going on in his mind. You know, instead of this, I'd like this. And instead of that, I'd like that. And boy, it'd be good if I had this. And my friend, he thinks this way. And, and you know, you, you take that information, you put it together with a, with a profile of this kind of a person. And then you create those statements so that they become the statements, the affirmations that enter our stream of consciousness. So instead of saying, I, I just don't think I can do that. Uh, I'm terrified of public speaking. Uh, we're suddenly saying, as someone we both know who used our public speaking program, uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm good. Let's go do this, you know, because it's those statements coming out. And and we see behaviors change. I mean, how many times, Ravinder, have you talked to somebody who got a weight loss program and, oh, I've got to tell you, I lost so much weight. This is such a great, great program. But, you know, I, I find myself, I, I just like water. I'm drinking so much water now. I wonder if it's the water that's causing me to lose weight. <laughs> And you, and you say to him, take out your affirmation card and read that. And here are all these statements. I like water. Water is good for me. I drink water. So we also include the mechanics when it's appropriate to facilitate uh, accomplishing that very goal. In a real sense, our unconscious is sort of an auto-servo mechanism. And it's like that 
that thermostat on the wall that you adjust for your temperature it if you give it the right information it will give you back that right information and if you're going to have any free will it's the free will to choose the program you're going to write in your own subconscious mind so it's in concert with the goals that you're interested in achieving that's really cool so to summarize, I think, you know, what you're saying a little bit there is that the subconscious mind gets programmed whether we like it or not. It's going on. It's going on out there. Um, but And you can see what's in the subconscious mind by the how you talk to yourself. So with your inner talk technology, you are reverse, like reverse programming it by changing how you talk to yourself and causing that to do the programming. So you are choosing how to programming how to program your mind exactly as opposed right. to allowing the world out there to program it for you we have had people you know like law students who sit for the LSAT are absolutely terrified they're going to fail it uh, all kinds of graduates but I'll take this one okay and uh, so they get the testing uh, uh, and, you know, lowering anxiety test taking program okay uh, they go in and sit down, and we've, we've got them. They tell us this. They go in and they sit down, and they go, oh, I'm so relaxed. I'm so ready for this. You know, It surprises them uh, how they respond. And, uh, you, you know, uh, the human condition has so much potential that it, it, it can actually be painful to see someone who might have become, you know, realized all their dreams, who because when they were a child, they were embarrassed or humiliated or they were told they were stupid or they're not old enough or they'd never succeed or they're ugly or they're fat or they're they're skinny or all this kinds of stuff that we... We come through life and we hear. And, I mean, even our parents lovingly can say things to us that are very hurtful and that carry on all of our lifetime. And we don't have some rite of passage where, okay, all those things I told you about, we'll never do this and you're not old enough to do that and you can't do this and I won't let you do this, where we say, okay, leave all that garbage along, you know. Now you're in a new stage of your life. You can just shuck that off. And we, we don't have something like that. We don't earn our way into adulthood. I mean, we very often find ourselves thinking, you know, as we have moved out of high school, maybe into that, I guess I'm a man now. I'm a, but but it doesn't feel like we're a man. It, it's like <laughs> nothing has really changed. And, it, and I'm sure it's true for, for women as well. You can address that. But But because of that, we bring everything with us. And... You know, for all intent and purposes, that everything we bring with us can be what stops us from pursuing or achieving our greatest ambitions. You've got about 300 Inner Talk titles, so they address all the very specific issues that people can deal with, you know, like... uh, thinking they're not capable of math or having problems sleeping. Even when you're having a problem sleeping, you can be in bed thinking, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I always have problems sleeping. And that very thought process can exacerbate any problem that you could possibly have had. So you've got 300 odd titles ranging from spirituality to weight loss to um, exercise and being fit and just everything that we have possibly thought of but but the common core is, is self sabotage that was it is that idea that i'm not quite good enough i don't quite deserve to i'm pathetic <laughs> get that out of the way you know and, and, and if you get that out of the way then everything opens up everything kind of falls into place so once again i do want to tell everyone the um album eldon's album that we're talking about today is called eliminating self-sabotage um you can find that just by going to the inner talk store so that's innertalk-store.com 
do a search for eliminating self-sabotage or you can just go to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. We have the link provided there in the chat log as well and that will take you directly to it. As I said, it is a uh, over a $250 value that we have on special right now for $99 and you can get it as a downloadable as well. So um, if you go check it out, you could be working on this program right in within five minutes. Um, so that makes it all really easy and it does. It deals with uh, the whole range of issues from healing from invalidation to healing that child within that little child and you're totally right there. You know, you have that little boy within you still. I most definitely have that little girl within me but you know, I've been working with these programs myself now for 25 years and it's night and day, but you know, comparing the person I once was to the person I am today, but I am forever striving higher. So I just continue working and continue doing better. So um, yeah, go to provocativeenlightenment.com forward slash chat. You will find the link there. We actually have a bit of a typo on the page because it says on the page there to get your copy of the unlimited personal power album. Please click here. If you click there, it does take you to eliminating self-sabotage. We'll get that little typo fixed right there. I'll bet you Andrea is fixing it right now. <laughs> she probably is. <laughs> All right. We're out of time. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening in today and Ravinder for your wonderful questions and that pretty, pretty face of yours. Well, thanks, gorgeous. We've come to the end of another episode of Provocative Enlightenment. Again, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our show and will join us again next week, same time and same place. And do tell your friends, let's have them join us as well. Okay, until next time, wherever you are in the world, remember... Believing in yourself always matters. Provocative Enlightenment has been brought to you by Progressive Awareness Research and other sponsors. Provocative Enlightenment is a syndicated show and appears on other networks. For a schedule of showtimes, visit ProvocativeEnlightenment.com. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor, write to Eldon at EldonTaylor.com.